What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Wednesday, April 5th, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Mike Agavino. I feel like we should have had disco music before we started talking today, Mike. I'm, uh, I'm having deja vu. I think we... <laughs> I feel like we did this and did this with disco music just a little while ago. There, there it is. There it is. There it is. One of my favorites, although. You would have had to been in the studio to get that Jack Peeps, uh, yeah, but yeah. it was Sorry, funny. Folks. Sorry, folks. Um, we're going to start off with a quick round of updates because there's a lot going on with a lot of stuff. So uh, Nashville shooter update. Protests all over the place. The country has lost its freaking mind. I don't know what the hell's going on. Apparently, 152 rounds. So we were off in our estimates. 152 rounds were shot. Thank That's God. Crazy. Thank God only six of them uh, uh, connected. And, and uh, boy, could this have been a lot worse. Uh, but some of what's coming out of uh, this thing just boggles the mind. The spy balloon. Remember the spy balloon that actually couldn't spy, which is why we let it cross the entire country. It's one of my favorite spying, stories ever. Uh, and then shot it out over the ocean rather than over Montana. Uh, yeah, it was spying. And uh, it was doing some figure eights, apparently, over some uh, very sensitive uh, parts of the country where uh, uh, our uh, ballistic missiles are housed. And uh, NBC came out with a report on that. So we'll see how the spin doctors do on that. Stephen Smith, body was exhumed over the weekend. We haven't heard anything about the autopsy yet. The other thing of interest is that SLED claims there are persons of interest, but no one with the last name Murdaugh. Maybe that explains why I had to give a case of Shinerbach. I had to give a case of Shinerbach to... For losing that bet. Courtesy of Drizzly. And so maybe maybe Buster is... uh, uh, is 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 only batting from one side of the plate after all. Brian Walsh, remember that sleazeball who uh, earned an honorable mention to the All Woody team for uh, uh, his unbelievable uh, Google searches prior to the disappearance of his wife. Well, he's back in the news because he got arraigned over, I guess it was the end of last week. So All of those things are breaking out there, but let's face it, folks, there's one news story that is dominating. Jim, can you guess what that news story is that's dominating? Starts with Donald Trump. It does. It starts and ends with Donald Trump. We're here. It's Tuesday morning. We're literally hours away from uh, this great secret, whatever is in the indictment being revealed. And so... We're going to have a discussion about what we know right now, and obviously that could change significantly later on in the day, but we're going to address what we can address in the moment, what we know. So Donald J. Trump becomes the first ex-president in history to face criminal charges. He's up in New York today to to face those charges, to see the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, and to uh, go in front of a judge to be uh, also to uh, be officially booked. And the number one search term across the globe over the last few days has been Donald Trump mugshot. And uh, lots of people coming up with some creative mugshots that uh, they're putting out there. And if indeed there is a Donald Trump mugshot that emerges from today that could become the number one uh, most iconic uh, T-shirt in history because 
conservatives are going to have to have one of those T-shirts and whatever uh, the different sayings are that are on the shirts. And you can bet your ass that libs are going to have to have that same shirt with a bunch of stuff that they decide to put on it. So I think either way, if the uh, mugshot gets out there, and even if that mugshot doesn't get out there, a bunch of other fake mugshots are going to get out there. and We're going to see shirts with Trump mugshots all over the place. There's no doubt about it. And and it's important to note, Mike, and mention that, look, regardless of what happens, he will be processed like, you know, in, in famous Trump terms, like no one has ever been processed before. This and, time it's not hyperbole. Yeah. So you have to keep in mind, he is an ex-president. And he has a security detail of Secret Service agents. And I can guarantee you there will not be one second that that Secret Service agent isn't right next to him. He is a former president of the United States. So when they bring him in, you're not talking about when they book somebody for jaywalking and they go in there and they slam their fingers on the, you know, the ink pad and finger. They might fingerprint him and they might mugshot him. But there's going to be five Secret Service agents standing right there, and Trump don't go. He will not go out of their sight. They won't allow it. So what it'll be a little of, bit different. Think there's any chance a fight breaks out between the Secret Service guys? That'd be kind of cool to report on. I got the Secret Service agent all day long on that. See, I, was, I was looking. I was looking even uh, before I got in the car this morning to see. I still haven't seen a ruling about cameras because there were a bunch of news organizations that were right. had written for permission to have cameras in different places, and I don't think there were rulings yet that came down. So if there was a fight, we might not be able to see it, right? Uh, unless one of those Secret Service guys whips out his iPhone and records it and then leaks it. But likely there's not going to be. No, and they they already, I'm sure they'll sit down with the police and say, okay, here's the deal. Here's the procedure. You get his fingerprints, we're here. You take his mugshot, we're here. He doesn't leave our site. You're not handcuffing him. You're not doing any of that. And and that won't happen. But It's funny because I think part of Trump probably would actually like to be handcuffed. I mean, I... I think part of them would like those pictures to be taken, you know, mugshot. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's great for promotion. That's what I mean. I I mean, mean, if I'm him and I'm being subjected to everything I'm being subjected to, why not? Why not go full? Parade me around. Why not go full bore and and get the handcuffs? And, And folks, you couldn't get away from the story. So I'm sure you've all heard at least some things here. Uh, you know, Bragg is absolutely uh, one of these, you know, defund the police uh, 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 prosecutors. He's, uh, I think, 52 percent of uh, the cases that have been brought to him uh, as felonies have been uh, played down to misdemeanors. And uh, and so the irony here is a guy who's. Uh, taking felonies, turning them into misdemeanors, and putting people uh, convicted of crimes back on the street a day later and sometimes sooner than that is, in this particular case, trying to take a misdemeanor and turn it into a felony, at least allegedly, as far as, as we know. Again, uh, a lot of this is going to come out as the day goes on, and we're going to see exactly what this indictment is for, but it is it is widely assumed that this pertains to the hush money payments to former porn star, or she's still a porn star, uh, Stormy Daniels back way back in, uh, in 2016, 2015, 2016. And if, uh, if that's the case, most legal scholars, even uh, scholars on the left, point to how thin uh, this case appears to be. This is a DA who campaigned on the thought that he was going to indict Donald Trump. So this is a uh, this is a guy who, while he's quote unquote not directly Soros funded, he's partially funded by a PAC that Soros put a bunch of money into. And you know, I would take the fact that Soros and Soros uh, and people in the Soros circle are trying to distance themselves from Bragg in the last 48 hours to maybe indicate that 
this guy might be going rogue a little bit here um, because they certainly haven't shied away from that up until now. How did he get the indictment? This is something that I think people generally know know less about. And so I, I think filling you in on a little bit of this, we've probably heard the uh, the saying, you can indict a ham sandwich. Um, or for the folks down here, you could indict a, a shrimp po' boy. The, the reason that gets, uh, that gets said and thrown around is because the grand jury process is a uh, – <laughs> The grand jury process is a pretty unique unique process. In New York, 23 grand uh, jurors on a grand jury, 23 people. This is Manhattan. This isn't the boroughs of New York. This isn't some wider geography. This is Manhattan. The borough of Manhattan's about uh, voted 80% for Joe Biden in the 2020 election. So this is a heavily Democratic district. You would expect if you put 23 people on a jury – uh, 17, 18, 19 of them are going to be Democrats. In the uh, grand jury, unanimity is not necessary. A majority voting in favor of an indictment, voting in favor of what's known as a true bill, is all that is needed to indict. So if you have 23 on a jury, you need 12 to indict. If 17, 18, 19 of those people are Democrats, You've got a very friendly uh, grand jury there. The grand jury process is a one-sided process. It is the prosecution presenting evidence and the prosecution needing to substantiate with physical evidence, circumstantial evidence, whatever evidence they may have, enough for people to believe there's probable cause to, uh, that a crime was committed. So that is the bar. That's how low it actually is to get to the point that we are at right now. Um, In most cases, historically, for what we know right now, uh, we wouldn't get to this point. A, a, A district attorney wouldn't go after someone of this stature. And I say go after someone of this stature, again, because all indications are out there that this was uh, this was a not finding a crime and searching for uh, the person who committed the crime. This is here's a person we want to get, and what can we get them with? Which is not American justice, and so that's why you have so many people weighing in, and that's why uh, the support is as heavily as it is on Mr. Trump's side on this thing, which it, uh, it really is from, uh, from the polling. So, um, so that's the, that's the process in the, uh, in the grand jury. All we know is that from the, from the leaks that have come out, there's supposedly about 30 counts. That sounds like a big number, but you can have a number of counts against what is basically one crime. And so it, it sounds a lot bigger than it in all likelihood is. And in all likelihood, it is at least focused on the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and potentially hush money payments to Karen McDougal, who was a playboy model uh, that, uh, uh, that Trump was accused of doing the same kind of thing with sending uh, hush money payments. It's Michael Cohen, who was is really the star witness, uh, allegedly, it, you know, if this case does, in fact, revolve all around Stor- Stormy Daniels, which is for all intents and purposes right now, that's that's the right. suspicion. And, and Cohen is Trump's former fixer. Former or, fixer, former, attorney. former personal attorney, yeah, that uh, that made this payment to Stormy Daniels, and there's no disputing that. He definitely made the payment to Stormy Daniels. The The dispute has always been, did Trump know about it? Michael Cohen gave up his credibility a long time ago. The problem with this entire case is credibility has become a huge issue because Cohen is allegedly their star witness. Now, I'm going to play you one more quick, quick clip, and that is of famed attorney Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is in this clip explaining some of the issues with Cohen and his credibility and how it can affect this case. So that's right here. 
after the comments made by Costello. He has proved that the main witness is going to be a perjuring liar on the witness stand. And that puts the district attorney in a terrible position. If he uses Cohn as a witness, he could actually lose his bar license. It's unethical to put a witness on the stand who you know is lying, and he has to know that Cohen will be lying. Or he tries the case without Cohen, which is very difficult, or he does the right thing. He drops the case. In, in Get Trump, I go through each of the four cases against Donald Trump, and I prove by precedent and evidence that none of the four cases has any basis in law. All four of them are politically motivated, and I think the worst and the weakest case is the one in New York, which is based on a sworn, uh, admitted uh, perjurer who lied to his own lawyers. You know, recently a court said if you lie to your lawyer, you lose the privilege because that's so bad. But we know that uh, that he lied to his lawyers. His lawyers have essentially broken the privilege and said that he lied to us. He told us he was the only one involved in this payment, that nobody else was involved. How is he going to explain on the witness stand? Did you lie now? Did you lie then? There's Dershowitz opinion. And of course, Alan Dershowitz, very famous attorney, uh, a legal expert, no matter which side of the aisle you're on. So that's his opinion. And, and Mike, I mean, how big of a how big of a deal is credibility in your mind in this case? Look, I, I think it's I think it's huge. I, I think everything that you sort of can see on the surface and and I if you separate out the folks who support Donald Trump no matter what and you separate the voices from the left that will just say whatever they have to say to support the left and kind of leave the the pile of people with some objectivity here uh those people seem to be in solid agreement that unless there's something that's new that surfaces today that hasn't been a, a part of uh, the public discourse on this up until now, unless there's something like that, this was a big mistake that um, they really, really shouldn't have been. And especially when you consider that there are three other cases out there that that same group of call them, you know, objective independents all believe are at least incrementally stronger than this case. I, I think there's the one case that most people say is the strongest case is this case in Georgia. Um, and it, it's just, it's shocking that, with those other call them opportunities, if you're thinking like uh, uh, like someone on the left, those other opportunities out there to potentially you know get Trump, uh, why would they why would they take this swing of the bat at the hardest pitch to hit right now? Because if they swing and they miss at this pitch. It just becomes, I mean, well, you got Mueller and you got Ukraine and you got this. And I mean, how many times have they tried to get Trump and how many times have they failed to get Trump? Well, and so I think it just makes it harder for them to uh, uh, to even if they had a a strong case in any of those other circumstances. I think, again, unless there's a big surprise, it's just going to, um, uh, to, uh, to, you know, make it stronger or make him stronger. And that, and that gets to the sort of, I don't want to say conspiracy, uh, uh, theory side of this, but it gets to more the, the, the deep strategic side of this. So if, if you, if you look at, the midterm elections, the the two races that the midterms really came down to was a race in Pennsylvania between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz and a race in the state of Georgia between Warnock and Herschel Walker. And in each of those cases, the Democrats spent a bunch of money 
campaigning on behalf of the Republican candidates that won those primaries. So Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker. Why did they do that? They did that because they believed those were the candidates they could beat with their candidates. So they spent Democratic money pushing Republicans through to primary victories that they thought they could then beat in an election. And they were right. Now, tactically, that's pretty slimy. Sure. And so if you if you're Democrats and you uh, you just pulled off what many consider a miracle in the midterms and maintain control of the Senate. And a uh, huge reason you did that is you won these two races that you had no business winning because you put you got candidates on the Republican side into those uh, positions that were you know inferior candidates versus others the Republicans could have put up. And so the the way that this goes, the cynics uh, uh, have it is everything we're seeing the the Democrats are playing a couple of moves ahead on the chessboard and they want to run against Trump in 24. And so they are, they are doing these things. And this is good because I see you shaking your head, Jim. I absolutely believe this. I believe that you absolutely, I believe, absolutely that. believe I that. believe that you do. And what is the motivation for this? Why go after this one? Why would Alvin Bragg do this? And I can, I, I could answer it for you, but I won't. I'm going to let Lara Trump answer it for you. So Lara Trump was interviewed by Newsmax, and they asked her that question, why? To leave it to a Soros-backed DA, Alvin Bragg, to, of course, try to push this forward. This is basically just for his own grandiose image, obviously, yep. and we all know that. He wants to write a book one day. He wants, as you said, to be attorney general one day. He wants to promote himself and pump himself up. He knows that there is no law that has been broken here. It is not against the law in the United States of America right. to pay someone for a non-disclosure agreement. Everyone agrees on that. Everyone knows it. He knows there's no basis here. This is for him. This is to throw mud at Donald Trump. This is to, of course, as I just said, prevent yep. Donald Trump from ever becoming president of the United States. Again, the problem, Rob, is I think it's going to backfire on them. The problem uh, is that people see this yeah. and they know our constitutional republic is slipping away. If you allow this to happen, they're going to come out and vote for Donald Trump. So in that clip, you heard Lara Trump. Of course, she's a little bit... Uh, uh, biased, but her thought process on this, which I don't think anybody can doubt that Alvin Bragg wants to be attorney general. There's no doubt about it. How do you do that? How do you get on that stage? Well, you indict a former president. And uh, and so that's her suspicion. And uh, in addition to wanting to write a book and do all these other things, he's wanting to put himself on the map. This is Lair Trump's belief. Well, he, he ran on indicting Trump. So I think at least part of that is true. Mm -hmm. The fear of Trump as a candidate and taking him out is just not substantiated by any data points. Uh, for sure, I think Alvin Bragg is uh, ambitious and wants, has his own personal reasons for wanting to do things. He also is going to be up for re-election. He ran on getting Trump. He hasn't gone after Trump. And so, you know, this would be, uh, this would be in his political interest. Not so sure it's actually in the Democratic Party's political interest. Saturday Night Live, I guess, had to sideline our, our pal, Alec Baldwin, or he sidelined himself because he's got some other issues he's dealing with. But <laughs> this James Austin Johnson guy does a pretty good, uh, Trump and, uh, uh, they did a bit that uh, you should watch the whole thing, but we've got the the first minute and a half or so of it, which uh, will give you the the general idea. And uh, here's that clip. And now a message from former President Trump. Hello, thank you. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> Well, folks, it happened. I got indicted, or as I spell it, indicated. And frankly, it's time that I come clean, admit that I broke the law, and go quietly to prison. April Fools! 
That was a prank. I was doing a gym from office. But make no mistake, what the radical-led Democrats are doing to me is worse than any crime I've ever committed, and I've committed a lot. Close to 34. Some are saying I'm going to use this indictment to rile up my base so that they give me more money. Not true. Not true. I don't want anything from my base except their love, their votes, perhaps their money. And I need their money more than ever. Now, you may have seen I've been opening my rallies with my wonderful song, Justice for All, which I perform with the J6 choir. That's a very real thing. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. It was the number one downloaded song, We Beat Flowers by Miley, which, as we all know, is about Liam. My, my song raked in so much cash, I thought, why stop there? Later in that uh, skit, if you go watch the, the whole thing, uh, the Mr. Trump says, uh, me and the First Lady Melania are in high spirits. Since the news of my possible imprisonment, I've never seen Melania happier. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. Second only perhaps to many younger, hotter women. I mean, there's some funny, there's some funny stuff in, uh, in that thing. It's definitely, personally, worth, I it's found definitely worth Alec Baldwin's Trump to be a little more exaggerated, which was funny to me. Like he would over, he overdid the, the little scowl that Trump does. And the orange makeup was double orange when, when Alec would do it. And, and they hated each other in person, so it was it made it even more interesting when he when he played Trump. But he was so exaggerated with it. it. I always thought it was funny. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well. Have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. All right, y'all. So we are we are going to move on to some other crime things. Get you out of the Trump world. No which... more Trump, please, Jim. More Trump. <laughs> How about that, Mike? They're laughing at us now. Oh, but they're glad we're getting away from Trump. You may have seen the story. It has been uh, all over the place the last forty eight hours, and it's pretty sickening. But there's a father, and we're in the state of Florida here. 
accused of murdering his two-year-old son and the mother of his two-year-old son. He was booked into the Pinellas County Jail. His name is Thomas Mosley. He's 21 years old. He's charged with the murder of Passion Jeffrey. She was only 20 years old. And the two-year-old son that he and Passion had together, whose name is Talon Mosley. Thomas Mosley was accused of killing Passion after celebrating his birthday at her apartment. So she threw a birthday party at her apartment for the father of her son. According to this newly released arrest affidavit from the St. Petersburg Police Department, Passion and Talon, that's the son, were last seen alive 5.15 p.m. last Wednesday when the last of Passion's family members left her alone. So that's when they left the party. That's the day of the party. Police said Mosley, again, that's Thomas Mosley, the father, was unaccounted for until about 9 p.m., when he showed up at his mother's house, when he showed up at his mother's house, he had gashes on his hands and on his arms, consistent with injuries that would be caused by slippage during a knife attack, something Woody's talked about and Jim's talked about many times. He admitted himself into St. Anthony's Hospital to treat those wounds. Passion's body was discovered at 2.30 p.m. Thursday, so this is the next day, after her family asked apartment staff to do a welfare check on her after they spotted blood on the sidewalk. Unfortunately, the young mother was found in her bathroom on the floor with over 100 stab wounds. Investigators found a bloody fingerprint on a bottle of cleaning solution, which allegedly matched Thomas Mosley's. Investigators found a bloody footprint Boom, Jim. Investigators, I'm sorry. Boom, Jim. Investigators found a bloody fingerprint on a bottle of cleaning solution, which allegedly matched Mosley's and was intentionally stashed under the bed. The affidavit said there was a bloody shoe print with a Gucci logo in the room where Passion was found as well. We don't know yet whether uh, Thomas Mosley had uh, shoes with a Gucci, Gucci logo on them. Mosley was identified as a person of interest as police began searching for Talon, the two-year-old son. But he was reportedly not cooperating with law enforcement while he was in the hospital. Investigators determined Mosley left Passion's apartment at around 8.42 p.m. He allegedly brought Talon to Lake, I'm sorry for you folks in Florida, I think it's Maggiore, Lake Maggiore, and either threw or placed him into the water, according to St. Pete Police. Mosley then went to his mother's house, which was about 10 blocks away from the lake. When he arrived, Mosley had those cuts on his hands and arms, as I said. During a news conference on Friday, St. Pete Police Chief Anthony Holloway said officers were investigating the area of Del Holmes Park when they spotted an alligator with something in its mouth in Lake Maggiore. The chief said officers fired one round at the alligator and it dropped the object. Holloway said officers were then able to retrieve that object, which turned out to be Talon's body, which was intact. Wow. Holloway said, we didn't want to find him this way, but at least we can bring some closure to the family now. According to Passion's family, she had just started living on her own while taking care of her son. This was her first month to have lived there, and they were very happy there. It was a better place than what she had before, said Theo Brickhouse Sales, who's uh, Passion's great aunt. And for a 20-year-old, she was doing well. She wanted more out of her life. Thomas Mosley now faces two first-degree murder charges and remains in the Pinellas County Jail. As of this report, he has an appointed public defender and pled not guilty to those charges during a hearing on Saturday morning, he's being held without bond and was ordered not to have any contact with Taylor or Passion's families. Uh, police indicated that he may have, quote, mental health issues. Uh, and he's got a lot of a lot of things. There's a, a GoFundMe that was started in Taylor's name to help pay for funeral arrangements, et cetera. Holloway said investigators are trying to. Uh, still at this moment to figure out whether Taylor died before he went into the lake or after. Let's hope it was 
it was before folks. Mm, not That's a fun terrible. story. No. Nah. Mike, did you watch the uh, basketball game this weekend? Which one? There were several. <laughs> the only one that matters if you're in South Louisiana. Our Lady Tigers are now the well, national champions. Well, are you saying that uh, that Pelicans games don't matter to folks in South Louisiana? Uh, they matter, but the not Pels like are that striving LSU for guy. the playoffs. Yeah, well, I, I did watch LSU win the national championship. Well, and I'll tell you what: we talk about a lot of things on this show, whether it's uh, whether it's you know robberies, murders, whatever. Even us as hosts that are bringing you all this current crime, you know, we need things to lighten us up every now and then. We try to bring you some lighter stories, but I'm going to bring you a positive, a positive story that started out as a crime and it was directly related to crime. But it's something when I'm done telling you about this story, you you know, it's going to make you feel good. So I'm going to tell you the, uh, just the quick story of Alexis Morris. Now, Out of high school in 2017, she was rated the number six guard in the country and the number 18 overall player. She was a five-star recruit, Mike. Top of the food chain. So she signed to play basketball at Baylor for Coach Kim Mulkey. Now, Baylor, several national championships. Coach Kim Mulkey goes without saying how awesome she is. So she was obviously very good to even sign. And Kim Mulkey had known Alexis Morris since she was like seven years old. She had been going to Kim Mulkey's camps, right? For those of you that may be unfamiliar with Kim Mulkey, Kim Mulkey is is arguably one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. I'd say it would be either her or Pat Summit, having been an All-American at Louisiana Tech. And if you knew her back then, she was the girl in pigtails. She went on from there. She played in the Olympics in 1984. For the women's team, of course, the men's team was led by Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and all those guys. Probably the best men's Olympic basketball team in history. Dream team. The dream team. Uh, she was a gold medalist in the Olympics, and now she is the holder of a fourth national championship. As a matter of fact, Mike, she is the only coach to win a national championship as a player, an assistant coach, and a coach. Probably the only one to do it for two separate schools. It it might possibly be, yeah. Well, Pat Summit was all Tennessee and Gina was all UConn. So, so, so. So So we say all that to say Coach Mulkey's the real deal, right? So she recruits Alexis Morris, y'all, and Alexis Morris played one season for Coach Mulkey and following an arrest was kicked off the team at Baylor. Morris was arrested for allegedly assaulting another woman inside a dormitory hall. Then, three months after that, Morris was arrested yet again on marijuana possession in possession of an illegal substance. Her basketball talent, Mike, was undeniable, though. And she eventually landed at Rutgers after several stops throughout uh, Texas A&M. She ended up there, ended up leaving there, going to Rutgers. And there she struggled. She played in 20 games. She averaged about six points. And one thing she longed to do was play for the one coach that never let her get away with anything and demanded she be better. She wanted to play for Coach Mulkey. Now, Mulkey left Baylor after 20 seasons to coach at Louisiana State University. And Alexis Morris, at the same time, entered the transfer portal. Mulkey, who after her first season at LSU was looking at having to pretty much completely rebuild a roster, picked her up and offered her a scholarship. Now, think about that. Alexis was no longer a star with that six-point scoring average. And here is a Hall of Fame coach who had already kicked her off of a team years earlier signing her to a scholarship. Well, Sunday, I watched. With only a few minutes left in the game, in a stubborn and insanely talented Iowa team coming within seven points of LSU in the NCAA National Championship game, I watched Alexis Morris in the critical moment put the team on her back and lead the LSU team to victory with 21 points overall and nine assists. She went from a player that was kicked off a team 
to multiple arrests to back on a team playing for the same coach that kicked her off another team years prior. Now, after LSU's victory, Coach Mulkey was asked about that. Alexis Mars, known that child since she was in the seventh grade, went to a private school there in Beaumont, Texas, came to my camps many years. That smile, that spunk, never, ever has that child ever disrespected me in any way. Ever. And when I had to dismiss her, it was for the sake of the locker room and the sake of making a tough decision to not lose your team. Those decisions a lot of coaches don't want to make. And I had sleepless nights over it because I loved Lexus. There are many people you dismiss from a team and you say, good riddance. You're a cancer in the locker room. She was not. She wandered to a couple schools here and there, never spoke to her the entire time that she was at Rutgers or, or A&M. Couldn't. The rules don't allow it. But when I got the LSU job, she basically said, Coach, I'm, I need you in my life. I'm coming back to play for you. You're thinking, this is a kid who owned her mistake. This is a kid who never blamed a coach. How many of those articles do you write? Everybody likes to go, oh, the coach is a bad person. Oh, the coach did this. Alexis would never let him write that story. She did it to herself. And you wonder why some coaches will take a kid like that back? That is a valuable lesson for all of us as parents. Parents want to blame coaches. And look where she's sitting today. Look where she is sitting today. What a remarkable story. Now, my point to all this is sometimes, even in the world of crime, all you need is someone who believes in you and someone that will hold you accountable. Look at where Alexis Morris is now. And it's all because Kim Mulkey gave her a second chance. Beautiful. That's uh and, and that's and, a, that that's an unbelievable you couldn't write that. No, and she I I I I liked her game. She's uh she's cute too. She had, did a little stink face at one point in the in the game that was uh <laughs> that was cute. I, but I do have to ask. Yes. The a coach's outfits. Love them. It's great that they uh, uh that they won and then it's also the first LSU National Basketball Championship ever. ever. Never and got past so, the Final Four. So no Shaq, no uh, uh, Maravich, no... Uh, Simone, Simone Augustus, uh, you know, two-time the, National Player of the Year, the, played at LSU. All the great. They only made it to the Final Four with her. And she was at that game. No Randy Livingston. I had, to, I had to drop that in. Oh Coach Liv. Coach Liv never won one there. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, that's amazing. Great for them, and congratulations. And I'm just glad South Carolina lost. And uh, I do, uh, I do love the uh, Caitlin Clark from Iowa who can light it up from anywhere, yeah, forty foot jump shot. So generational and, talent. And that was uh, uh, some unprecedented ratings over the weekend for uh, uh, for those games and. Uh, that's really good for for uh, women's college basketball to draw those kinds of audiences. Uh, it it hasn't is com- happened historically. So absolutely, great. it's it's comparable to what Tiger did to golf. You know, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what's comparable to what Tiger that, did? What for- what she has done for women's college basketball in this short span of time is comparable to what Tiger Woods did to golf when he entered the pros from college from Stanford. He went in and and everybody started watching golf. Before that, nobody. I watched golf. I was a Faldo fan. No, no I'm not. Trust me. I'm Actually, not gonna, I was a shark. I'm fan. not going to argue shark. against Tiger's impact on golf. Tiger's impact on golf might be the biggest impact any player in there's history no has had on any sport. And you, you, there's nothing that compares. How to that. dare you there's leave no, Greg Norman out of no, the conversation? There's nothing that compares. The shark. There's nothing that compares. I've never won a major. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Greg Jim, Nolan. let's go to the great state of Colorado. Yes, it's cold there. And what better setting for a nice axe murder? I couldn't think of a better setting. That's just what I was saying. <laughs> Don't think of a better place for an axe murder than Colorado. If I was going to so, axe murder somebody, that's where it'd be. So, and this is an interesting uh, multiple axe murder. Authorities arrested a Colorado man for allegedly murdering his wife and his daughter with an axe after he said he lost his job and was afraid for his family to experience homelessness. And so if you're worried about your family having to go through the potential of losing their home, what better way, better way to comfort them than to take them out with an ax is what I always say. That's my philosophy. So Arapahoe County court records indicate that Reginald McLaren has been charged with first degree murder. According to the Englewood police department, McLaren, who is 81 years old. I don't think I could bench press an ax when I'm 81. I mean, 81 years old. He's accused of murdering his wife and daughter with an ax and then stuffing their bodies into individual trash cans in their Inglewood, Colorado living room. Hmm. Police say one of the victims was also dismembered with a saw. All of these things, obviously, far better than potential homelessness. The Denver Post identified the victims as Bethany McLaren, who was 70, and Ruth Jennifer McLaren, 35. I'm just shocked that a 35-year-old couldn't fight off an 81-year-old with an ax. But according to police, a police news release, McLaren allegedly called 911 on Saturday to report the killings. But he allegedly told police he knew the suspect and that the person who killed them used a hammer. Now, a hammer is going to leave a good mark, but probably a different mark yeah. than an axe is going to leave, I think. So, Definitely the forensics would be different on this, too. Yeah, I don't think it took them. <laughs> I don't think it, the coroner had to get involved. I think during the investigation, police said they developed enough probable cause to arrest McLaren. Yeah, I think that probable cause was all over the living room. Uh, so now the Associated Press is reporting that McLaren allegedly confessed to killing his wife and daughter claiming he did so because he recently lost his job working at a company where he often interacted with individuals experiencing homelessness. So his job called for him to interact with the homeless, which is why he had such a keen understanding of what that life would be like and why he wanted to spare his wife and his daughter from that kind of an existence. So unable to pay rent, he feared homelessness. McLaren allegedly told police he knows they, meaning his wife and daughter, are in a better place. And he didn't regret their killings. Maybe they would have liked a different mode of transportation to that place, I'm thinking. I don't know. But McLaren said he knew what a miserable life homelessness was. He was assigned a public defender, but it's unclear at this point if he has entered a plea. He actually was scheduled to make a court appearance yesterday, and we'll try and follow up with where Mr. Reginald McLaren, the 81-year-old ex-wielder who did it all because he wanted to spare his wife and daughter from a possible life of homelessness. Jeez. Horrible, horrible story, though, in all honesty. And, hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause, hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. 
They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code. RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash R-L-R-C. So, Mike, we're, you know, one of the most requested segments we have in this show is, they stole what? There's something compelling about preserving one of the greatest brains in history, so... Keeping Albert Einstein's would be understandable enough, right? If he had given permission. Einstein asked to be cremated with the ashes scattered secretly so no one would consider the site special. But Thomas Harvey, the doctor on call, when Einstein died in 1955, removed the brain without the family's permission so he could do scientific research on the brain of a genius. He kept the jar with the organ in a beer cooler for more than two decades until a reporter found it. And that is... Your wait, 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 wait. a reporter found it. How a reporter, uh, you know, it, it, the story cut off then. <laughs> so oh, my God. Maybe next week we'll tell you how the reporter found Inquiring it. Inquiring yeah, minds true, need to know. True story. Yes. He wanted to be cremated. And, uh, and you know, the doctor took his brain, didn't tell nobody because he wanted to study it, kept it in a beer cooler for more than two decades. A re- reporter finally, I guess, discovered the brain he admitted to it being the brain of Albert Einstein. Maybe they then used it uh, for the first uh, versions of AI or something. I, I don't know. That's um, <laughs> there's uh, crazy there's story. More there. to be uncovered with uh, Albert's brain. Well, and it definitely makes you say they stole what? We're going to get better at that, folks. I promise. Oh, oh, come on. How can you get any better than that? (laughs) I got got a story I need to share. Yes. Because you know how much I love the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. You and Rocky Balboa. Well, you know how much I love the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Do you really love My least favorite 
place on planet Earth. No New Yorkers like Philadelphia for some reason. No non-Philadelphians love like Philadelphia. I don't know anyone that's not from Philly that likes. What could not be to like the Liberty Bell? The- it's not. It's the the sports fans. They're the worst sports fans on the planet. So if you if you are a New Yorker or you're from Boston or you're from D.C. and you compete against Philadelphia teams in multiple sports, you learn to hate Philadelphia because they just have obnoxious fans. For Philly. Sorry, Philly people. I checked and we have like 23 Philly people. (laughs) Sorry. I don't don't know what the actual number is. But uh, a suspect told the Philadelphia police that he kills homeless drug addicts so that they can be reincarnated. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right, Jim? No? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a good good headline, no? I don't know what the hell I mean. He's showing me Trump. Trump with a fist up. The fist is up. It's breaking news. He is surrendered. Oh, so we're still on the front end of this thing. This yeah. Is just these he's just getting out the car and he's. Okay, what's he wearing? He's got a red tie? A power of tie? Of course he oh, does. He's got a power tie going. Yeah, nice. How red good. does he look? Look, hey. Oh, he's toned. I like his Proud skin tone. People. No, his skin tone looks good. Look, look at his skin tone compared to the guy in front of him. That's <laughs> a guy. Like me. That's, that's, that's a, me. That's a guy who spent a New York winter next to the. He's got uh, the same guy. guy off the plane from Palm Beach. <laughs> not, uh, not good. The Donald looking good there. So we'll see how that goes. Ugh. And the way this episode is going, Jim and I will still be here when Trump gets back on the plane to Florida. So. <laughs> Antonio Sanchez walked into the 25th police district in Philadelphia two evenings ago and confessed that he had just shot a woman to death. He said, I blew her shit up. (laughs) That's a quote. I blew her shit up. To show he wasn't kidding, Sanchez, according to the police report, handed over a black Glock 2240 caliber semi-automatic pistol loaded with eight nine millimeter rounds in the chamber. The suspect gave the police three more live rounds that he had tucked into his pants pocket. When asked why he shot the woman, according to police reports, Sanchez said that he, quote, kills homeless and drug addicts so they will be reincarnated and start a new life. If you find any homeless people shot dead in the city, I did it, Sanchez told detectives. The victim, however, was still alive and was already known to police. So, Earlier that night, officers in the 24th Police District in Hunting Park had received a radio call about a female shot in the head on the 1900 block of East Orleans Street in Kensington. At that location, officers found a witness tending to the victim on the side of the road. Detectives took the victim to Temple University Hospital, where she stated that she had been followed from Kensington Avenue to East Orleans Street by a man who was wearing a black hoodie with white letters on the front. The attacker shot her in the head and fled on foot. Surveillance video recovered by the police showed an attacker shooting a woman in the back of the head and running east on Orland Street. He was wearing a tan jacket, a black hoodie, and white with white and orange letters and black and white sneakers. As he was running, the video shows the attacker was attempting to clear his weapon after it apparently had jammed after firing one shot. While detectives were still processing the crime scene, they were notified that Sanchez had turned himself in at the 25th police district, which is located next door to the 24th police district on the 3900 block of Whitaker Avenue. For those of you who don't know the city of Philadelphia, I apologize. I actually don't know where all these locations are. The detectives were also told that when he turned himself in, Sanchez was wearing the, quote, exact clothing depicted in the surveillance video from the shooting on Orland Street. Two police officers from the 25th District brought Sanchez to Temple University Hospital, where, according to a police report, the victim, quote, immediately identified Sanchez as the male who followed and then shot her. Sanchez, 33, of North Philadelphia, has nine prior arrests, including five drug busts. He's been convicted five times, including three times for drugs, simple assault, and a gun charge. As of March 25th, 2021, Sanchez had been on probation, and because of a prior felony conviction, he was prohibited from carrying a gun. The Glock turned into police by Sanchez was reported stolen earlier that day by Sanchez's own brother. When Antonio Sanchez was brought in by detectives, he voluntarily waived his Miranda rights and confessed that just a few weeks earlier at the corner of Orkney and Lehigh in North Philly, 
he had shot a man in the chest and stomach with a 38 caliber firearm. The detectives were already aware of that shooting and had obtained surveillance video identifying Sanchez as the attacker in that crime. But when a detective sought an arrest warrant from the district attorney's charging unit, the warrant was declined because the DA wanted more evidence. So this nut job who came in and confessed to that one shooting had also committed this other one that was caught on surveillance. He was arrested, but the DA did not charge him because they wanted more evidence. So surveillance camera evidence was not good enough. Police sources, however, say that the DA had plenty of evidence to lock up Sanchez. But instead, thanks to the incompetence of the DA's office, Sanchez was back on the street again so that yesterday he could shoot another victim. The victim of Sanchez's most recent attack is a 47-year-old white female. So just another example of these policies from these DAs that are putting criminals back on the street that are endangering citizens in these big cities. And here we have a guy who should have been put away um, for any number of priors, but uh, uh, but certainly this uh, murder that he was caught in surveillance video and uh, and was not and was free to do more harm. Today in true crime history. Hey. Much better intro. Like in that. the future. And that was sent in by one of our fans, Mike. Today in 1970, the Newhall incident, a shootout occurs, and four California Highway Patrol officers were killed by two armed gunmen. In 1986, John Clary is murdered in Staunton Hall at Lehigh University in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I know it well. Her death helped pass the Clary Act, a law that will require universities to report crime stats and to alert students of on-campus dangers. And I think that is an – actually, I was familiar with the Clary Act, and I think that doesn't get talked about often, but – it wasn't until 1986 they even had to report that. Uh, that blew my mind when I read that. So, so you do learn some things listening to our show. And in 2009, Bernice Novak is found dead in her garage in Fort Lauderdale. Initially, her death was ruled an accident, but her son was murdered three months later, resulting in her death being ruled a homicide. Her son was the heir to a Miami Beach hotel. Mm. That is today in true crime history never get tired of that you know what that made me think about i noticed this the other day and i have to go i have to go watch it but the the story of the dad who ran the uh, the brothel out of the daughter's college dorm. Oh yes, at yes, Sarah Lawrence. yes. There's a Netflix series no on that way. that just came out. Yeah, so that is uh, a crazy so story. We're gonna have to uh, have to watch that one. Uh, that was I don't know why Lehigh made me think of Sarah Lawrence, but it did. Do we have a soundbite for dumb criminal segments? Oh yes, actually we do, Mike. I'm glad you asked. There you go. Okay, were those sent in by? Yes. Okay, they were. So for our dumb criminal segment, we have a fugitive who was busted after pl- applying for a job at New Jersey's sheriff's office. Mm. And then we say hide, hide in uh, plain sight. Yeah. She closed at least one case on her own. A fugitive wanted for fraud was busted when she walked into a New Jersey sheriff's office and asked to be hired, according to police. There you go. That's smart. And you don't get any smarter than Zayima Johnson, who's 27. She's a former postal service worker from Jersey City. She was on the run for a crime in Monroe County, Pennsylvania, when she applied to work at the Hudson County Sheriff's Office. She sent in her paperwork. That was to be a security guard at the law enforcement agency. She was called into the station under the guise of a job interview and arrested on Tuesday. (laughs) After the alleged foolhardy fraudster was busted, the officers allegedly discovered two stolen credit cards, and she was also hit with credit card theft 
charges. Mm. Prior to applying for the job, she was also wanted on 10 bench warrants for failure to appear in court on traffic charges in Jersey City. So. Wow. Naima Johnson, 27, not the sharpest tool in the shed. That's your dumb criminal segment for today. And she is a dumb criminal indeed, Mike. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Mike Agavino. And for Real Life, Real Crime Daily, peace. Show business. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.